0: So the book of Psalm, chapter 119, verse 105, it says, that, David's writing and he says, God, your word is a light to my path. Now, if you ever uh, walked in the dark, I don't know how many of you wake up in the middle of the night and you're like, oh, I got to go check something out. And I don't know if your house is dark, sometimes mine is. You kind of need a light or you're going to run into things, right? God has given us... A light for our path. And in this passage, in that verse particularly, David's telling us, yeah, he's not talking about you know, walking on a trail in the mountains or getting up to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night or whatever it is you need a light for. He's talking about our lives. Our lives are a path. And we're walking on a path. And there's a light for us. And that light is God's word. And so sometimes, uh, I mean, basically every Sunday, but particularly on certain Sundays, we go, let's just look at one scripture And when we look at one scripture, we're remembering that God has given us that very scripture as a light for us as we're walking through life that tells us, hey, here is a light to your path as you walk, so that when you're going along, you don't stub your toe on the door frame or the step on the Legos the kid left on the floor, or whatever the obstacle or the thing is, metaphorically, in our life that we're going to come to, He's given us His word to help us. Isn't that great? It's so cool, we went to, uh, uh, my son and I, we went to a teen conference yesterday uh, in Fort Collins, and uh, Josh Whitney, one of the pastors there, was talking, and he gave a whole message about God's Word, and why reading God's Word is so important to us. This is really encouraging to me, and so this was, yeah, I was planning to do this before I went to that, but I thought, wow, sometimes these things work together. So today, we're going to look at one verse. I mean, we'll look at some other verses, but we're primarily going to look at one verse. And sometimes you want to just dive really deep on one verse and say, God, this is your light to my path. What do you have to show for me today? And going forward from today. So you can see on the screen, we're going to look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. And Jesus is speaking. And I got a nice little artistic version that I pulled off the internet. (laughs) I didn't make this. It's a very simple verse, isn't it? We've all probably heard it. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. I think everybody's probably heard that verse before, right? Some of us would say, yeah, I've heard that verse, and I've put it into practice. Now, last week... We were talking about Jesus and we were talking about Jesus' words and we said, wow, people really follow Jesus. And one of the reasons people follow Jesus is because Jesus had some really profound things to say. I think this verse is one of the most profound things Jesus had to say when he was here on earth. And so we're going to look at it today. We're going to break this verse down almost word by word because sometimes that's fun to do. But also because we trust that these are not just words, these are the words of God, and they're a light to our path. So let's just start with where this is, and when we get to the end, we're going to go, that's pretty neat. What do we do about it? And we're going to get practical. So, let's start at the beginning. Well, actually, we're not going to start at the beginning of the verse. We're going to start almost at the end of the verse. Sometimes to understand what we're talking about, you have to just pick the part and go with it. And so we're going to go with this part first, all these things. And all these things will be added, right? We all kind of know this verse. If you don't know this verse, you can just have it open in your Bible so you can keep looking at it. And you go, okay, so it says all these things, all these things will be added to you. What things? That's where we're going to start. All these things. What things? What things is he talking about? And we look in this verse and we go, I don't really see what things he's talking about. Well, we have to go back, as we often do in Scripture, and say, well, I want to look at one verse. I have to understand the context. And particularly when Jesus is talking and he's in the middle of essentially what's a sermon, we need to go back to say, what is he talking about? What are these things? Well, for your convenience, I have on the screen these things. What he's talking about beforehand, Jesus says in the verses just preceding this, and I'll read it for you. O you of little faith. Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. So that's verses 25 to 32, and that precedes it. And then Jesus goes on and says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness all these things. What things? Well, what does he say in this passage? These things, it's your life. It's what you eat. It's what you drink. It's what you wear. It's your body. Does that just cover just about everything about what's going on in your life? I mean, how much of your time do you spend dealing with things about what you eat, what you drink, what you wear, your body? Not everything right i mean 90 something percent of the time is spent dealing with that jesus says this is what i'm talking about these things these things what things your life all of the stuff your physical needs i love that at the end there he says the gentiles seek after all these things and god knows you need them all what is he talking about Sometimes we can read this verse and we can say, oh, all these things, Jesus, he's, Jesus is talking in the spiritual realm and it's all these spiritual things. And Oh, he knows all the spiritual stuff you need and all of these ideas and these philosophies. And I think well, there's probably some truth to that. But when we look at this passage, what he's really saying is, no, I'm talking about your physical needs, all the stuff you want. And when we look at this and he says, the Gentiles seek after this, what he's saying is people who have no religion or who aren't caring about the things of God are spending all of their time running after this stuff. What stuff? Well, it's the stuff you need, right? He's not talking about running after Lamborghinis and gold bars. He's talking about your clothes, your food, your drink. He says the Gentiles seek after these things. They're not going after religion. They don't have this whole other layer of religion and faith and spiritual things. They're going after these things. But guess what? God knows. God knows you need this. These are the things And God knows you need them. So I think we look at this, all these things, another way we could say all these things is, you know, all my physical needs. So you say, okay, Jesus says, all my physical needs, all your physical needs. Well, he goes on, he says, will be added to you. What does he mean? What does added mean? I think all of us have probably taken a math class at some point in our life, and we understand what addition really is, right? You have something, and you add something to it, right? It's like this, and then it becomes something more, and you add it, right? That's very simple. Obviously, that's what he's talking about. I think there's something a little bit deeper here. I think what Jesus is saying is that the things you think are the main thing are not the main thing. Because they'll be added. There's something you don't have, and then there's something you have. It will be added to you. It's not the main thing. Well, what is to you? They'll be added to you. He didn't say they'll be added by you, he didn't say they'll be added from you, he said they'll be added. you. In other words these things, these physical needs all the stuff that we need that's really important he says yep, God says these are important, God knows these are important to you where are they coming from? Not from you because they'll be added to you so we can go back to it and say, All my physical needs will be provided to me from blank. And we'll get to the blank here in a minute as we get into the verse a little bit further. But he's saying, Okay, your physical needs are coming from outside of you and they'll be provided to you from somewhere else. Well, what else do we see in the verse? Seek first. We all know that. If we know this verse, we go, oh yeah, seek first. That's the first thing in the verse. Yes, yeah, seek first. Well, seeking is an action. Actually, there's a command. He's saying, you do this. But seeking is an action. It is an action. It is something that is required by me. It means I need to go after something that I do not already have. Right? I'm not seeking my fingers. I already have them. I'm seeking something I don't have. I have to go after something I can't see. And the object of what I'm seeking isn't just going to show up. It's not just going to come rolling into my life by chance or by accident or by the natural course of things. Okay, so I'm supposed to seek something that's just not there. And it means I have to make a decision. It is a decision to be made. Seeking is a decision to be made. It's kind of like Frodo on the quest. He didn't just suddenly show up in Mordor, right? He had to go on the quest. He had to make that decision. Well, then it also says, okay, make that decision, but make that decision first. It doesn't say, seek the kingdom of God. He says, seek first the kingdom of God. I think that word is really important because it shows there's supposed to be a primary focus. We're supposed to be seeking not as the second thing, not as the third thing, not as the thing that always drops off the list. I don't know. We've mentioned this before. Who else like keeps a to-do list? Right. A number of people here can keep to-do lists. I know I do that. I don't know about you. I have a long to-do list and there's a lot of things that kind of get to the bottom of the list and I don't get to them that day and I go, well, I guess I won't get to it today and maybe tomorrow and a year later it's still on my to-do list. It's not like it, I didn't get to it today and it's at the top tomorrow. (laughs) It's still at the bottom tomorrow. That's not what he's talking about. You seek first. We're not seeking something eventually when I get around to it and I don't have anything else more important to do. Seek first, primary. So we could look at this and say, I must make a decision to pursue something. We'll talk about that something in a minute. So that all my physical needs will be provided to me from Somewhere. That's what he's saying. So now we're going to get to the blanks. The kingdom of God and his righteousness. The kingdom of God and his righteousness. So first off, what is the kingdom of God? What is that? That's maybe just a phrase we can just sort of utter all the time. Now, we have to kind of look at other scripture here to figure out what is the kingdom of God. And so on one hand, we can see a verses. there's a number of verses like Psalm 103:19. 19, The Lord has established his throne in the heavens and his kingdom rules over what? All. Okay, so in one sense, it's about a physical creation. Because all means all means all. It's a physical creation. So we go, okay, so the kingdom of God really is everything. But I'm not entirely sure that's what Jesus was talking about. Because it can also refer in the Bible to a spiritual kingdom. Matthew four seventeen, there you see on the screen Jesus' words. He says, Repent for the kingdom is at hand. And that chase, he uses heaven. And then in John 3 5, Jesus says, Truly, truly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom kingdom of God and so in those cases you'd say well he's not talking about everything because he's saying you can be outside of the kingdom and then be inside of it and we're not in some weird metaphysical reality where we're not in reality and then we are in reality like in the matrix that's not what we're talking about so he's saying there's a spiritual kingdom and there's a spiritual realm and you can be outside it and then you can be in it he's saying seek the kingdom And I think in this case he's talking about the spiritual kingdom. Well, what is a kingdom? What does it mean to have a kingdom? Well, if you look it up and you look up the definition of kingdom, the kingdom just means it's the extent of someone or something's power and authority. There's an extent to it. And so in one sense we go, yeah, God does have power over all. He's the creator. He made it all. He's all powerful. We know that's true. And yet we also understand, well, we're talking about a spiritual kingdom. There are limits to it. Wait, God has limits? No, no, no. I don't mean that. 1 Corinthians fifteen twenty-seven tells us, it says, God has put everything under Jesus' authority. So everything's under his authority, and so we're not talking about that, but he's saying, hey, there is this kingdom, there is this boundary of authority, and so how do you end up under that authority? There we see in John 3, 5. You're born of water and the Spirit, which means you're born again. You say, I willingly place myself into Jesus' spiritual kingdom. I've placed myself into his spiritual kingdom. So who is it? Who are those who put themselves into his kingdom? Well, it's any of us who are believers who have said, yeah, I received the free gift of salvation. I make Jesus the Lord of my life. I'm now in his kingdom. So in Matthew 6, 33, that we're looking at today, when he says the kingdom of God, I think he's really talking about the family of believers. He's saying, Hey, pursue the family of believers, the people who are the kingdom of God. That's those of us who have faith, who believe. Okay, so that's the kingdom. So what about his righteousness? Well, what is righteousness? Righteousness really is the quality of being morally correct. It's just a very simple definition. Well, okay, so it's his righteousness. And here's where we run into a little... Or maybe a lot of tension with the world around us. Right? Have you guys noticed that? I feel like I can't read, watch the news anymore. It's hard to watch a lot of things or pay attention to a lot of things because the world doesn't accept the idea that moral correctness comes from a source other than oneself. And so there's all of this arguing and all of this back and forth going on in our culture and in our world of this is right and that is right and this is right. And there's not really a way when you take God out of the picture and we say, oh, that's not God's righteousness. Well, if it's not God's righteousness, then whose righteousness is it? Yours? Mine? The government? I mean, it's one of those things where you go, I don't really know. So how do we decide what's morally right? In our culture, it just kind of seems like whoever yells the loudest, right? And so we don't want to have that. So Jesus says, he doesn't say, seek the kingdom of God and righteousness. He says, his righteousness. So, why pursue God's righteousness? Why do we do that? He says, seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Why? So there's a passage, the next chapter, Matthew chapter 7. Jesus goes on with this story. And this is one of my favorite stories in all of the New Testament. Jesus goes on, right? We've just said in Matthew six thirty three, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Jesus says, okay, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man. What kind of wise man? Who built his house on the rock and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on the house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine does not do them, will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand, and the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Only God's righteousness, only the righteousness that comes from God, only his moral perfection, because that's the only place we can find a source that's going to be universal to everyone. Only those who found their life on that righteousness will be kept upright when the storms of life come. You go, what are the storms of life? I don't even have to talk about that. Because every single one of us knows what the storms of life are. And every single one of us is probably going through storms in our life right now. So let's put it all together. Jesus is saying this. He's saying, I must make a decision to pursue God's standards and God's family. Remember? his kingdom, and his righteousness. So that, why? Why do I do that? So that all my physical needs will be provided to me from God. That's a pretty profound thing. Jesus is giving us a command. He's saying, you want your life to be taken care of? Pursue God's moral standards and God's family. And he'll take care of it. What a promise. What a promise. What a command with a promise. so today I'd ask you, how are you doing in obeying this command? Have you made the aim, have you made sort of the main, the primary pursuit of your life to go after God's standards and God's people? Are you seeking first his kingdom? And his righteousness or not? Are you focused instead and consumed with running after all of those physical needs that we all have? Is that the aim of your life? Or is the aim of your life God's righteousness and God's people? I think Jesus was really clear with it when he said this. And thankfully, I look at this and I go, this is a really tough thing. and That's a really tough question for me to ask because I go yeah, I'm not really doing that a lot of the time. i am spending a lot of time and a lot of effort and a lot of energy thinking about myself. But Jesus is saying, no, don't think about that. Think about these other things. Go after these other things and God's going to take care of all of that. So I would leave you with that tough, convicting question for you to think about, for me to think about. And so now, part of our purpose as a church, right, is we to look at verses like this and the God's word. It's a lamp and to our feet and a light to our path. And we want to look at that and we go, okay. So what we need to do is be a place where people can live that out. And so part of our purpose is to look at this verse and say, all right, we have to be as a church a place where you. And you, and you, and you, and you, and you, and me, and all of us can go and say, all right, I can here seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And I think in some ways it's especially true when it comes to God's family. So that's what we really see in our church here, is that this church is a place for each one of us to make space in our lives to obey what Jesus said in this verse, which is to pursue his family. And so, as I share that, I say, I just want to report, I'm really encouraged with you guys. I think about where we were, where we've been in the past, and a year ago, and I wouldn't have gone back a year ago and said, yeah, we're not really doing a good job at this, but I look at where we are today, and I go, wow, and I look through the list, and Brad and I, we pray for you guys, and we think about you guys, and we spend time, and we have lists of you, and we put gold stars next to your name. No, I'm kidding, we don't do that. But I do have lists of you, it's mostly just a contact list, it's your, you know, Oh, number that I sell it. no I don't do that I, I have your names and we pray for you and we think about you and I look through the list of those of you who said yeah this is my church home and I go wow I see growth in this in just about every single person who's part of our church in the past year even I go wow that's really encouraging to me and that's really exciting so that's good so be encouraged but I want to take this opportunity today to say, you know what, there's a, there's a lot of different ways that we could accomplish this. There's all kinds of different things and we live in a culture, um, it's, it's very different from say China and actually next week Tim and Julie are going to be here and Tim is going to share an up, update on what is going on in China. And in China you don't have a lot of options and you've got to be a little bit covert but in the United States we go, wow, we've got lots of options and there's lots of different ways we can do this. Okay, this is what we have, and this is what our church is, and so what are we doing as a church? How are we trying to set up a world and a place where you and me, where we can pursue God's family? And one of those ways, Brad alluded to it earlier when we did announcements, and for this season is what we're doing, and we call it our gospel groups. Some of you are going, okay, most of you are probably like, yep, it's great, I'm part of a gospel group, I go, good. That's good. So this is just an encouragement to you. Hey, you're doing the right thing. And those of you who aren't, you go, I'm not criticizing or condemning you. I'm going, hey, look, here's an opportunity. If this is Jesus' command and he's saying, pursue God's family so that your needs can be provided for, then we're saying, hey, here's an opportunity. Here's a first step. Here's a way that you could jump in and plug into this and pursue God's family. So I wanted to kind of go over our gospel groups today. That's why Brad didn't announce it this morning. I want to just take a chance and kind of highlight each one. For those who are in a gospel group, that's great. And you might say, oh, now I know a little bit more about what the other ones are. And so I'm going to give a brief overview. And so my encouragement to you is if you have been coming to church or maybe you're new to church and you're trying to check things out you're trying to figure out what's going on, come check one out. Or check them all out. Go to one each week for the next four weeks and figure out where God would have you plug in because if you believe that this is what God wants for your life and this is the light to your path, we want to offer you that opportunity to do that. And frankly, it's fairly easy. We don't you know, meet every night of the week. You don't show up every night. It's just for a couple hours a week to get together with people and be in their lives. And we do this because we want to obey the call of Jesus because it's not just, oh, okay, so then God loves me more, right? You notice it doesn't say that in the verse. It doesn't say, Yes, yeah, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness so that God will love you more. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say that. He says he'll take care of your needs kind of a neat distinction there. So, we're going to go through our four gospel groups here, and I want to say first, as we go through these four, you might say, yeah, all right, I'm kind of interested in checking one of these out, or going to be part of one, and the good news is that not a single one of these is exclusive, right? There's not a single one that says you cannot come to it, like, it doesn't matter, you can come to anyone, so if you look at it and you go, well, there's a day, or a time, or a group of people, or what they're talking about, or where they meet, or whatever, that's great, You can come to anyone, not a single one is closed off to you. And they're not broken up by ages, they're not broken up by demographics, there's a few that maybe pull or lean a little bit more one way than another, but that's okay, right? We can all be together, because we really see this as family, and it says go after God's family, it doesn't say go after the demographic that you live in, right? So here's the first one, we call it Highland Family. And the goal of this group is to create a spiritual family for anybody who needs a family, which would be all of us, need a spiritual family and we want to go after that. And I think in addition to this, part of the point of this group is to provide support and encouragement for those who are in the process of parenting. But you don't have to be in the process of parenting to provide that support or to be encouraged by being part of that. This group is led by uh, Tim Sexton and Zach Lamb. It's got, it meets right here at the church building, Wednesdays at 6.30. Uh, <clears throat> for this season, they're kind of going through a little rotation. The first Wednesday of the month, just the women are meeting together. The second Wednesday of the month, everybody's together. Third Wednesday of the month, the men are together. And the fourth, everybody's back together. and They're trying to do a meal that week. You go, okay, so I show up at this group, and what are we doing? Right? Well, what they're going through in this group is they're really spending some time just discussing what's on everybody's hearts. What have you been reading in the Bible as you're going after God's righteousness? What is God showing you? What are you learning? What are your questions? You listen to a message on Sunday... They're going to talk about it. This group, I also like, one thing this group is doing uniquely is as a group, they've said, hey, there's a two-year Bible reading plan, and we're all, you know, going to jump in and read the Bible every day, and we're going to read part of this, you know, little section of the Bible every day on this two-year plan, and it's not something you had to start at the beginning. Anybody can show up and jump in anytime, and they're spending time talking about it, so I think that's really cool. This group is also holding several outside events. They're doing lake days, and they did the fall festival, and uh, they are really tied in with that as brad announced that that cafe moms group that meets on fridays too so anyone can attend this group again sort of the center of mass might lean a little bit more towards families with kids but again nobody would be excluded from that if you don't have kids or your kids are grown or whatever so that was wednesday nights connect is our group that typically meets on thursday nights they're going through a season where they're meeting on saturdays on the first and third saturday The goal of this group is to create a caring and encouraging community where people can share the things that they're learning about God and their faith and learn from others. It's really simple. John McIntosh and Dave Triggs and Dale Bruns are leading this group. Uh, This group normally would meet here on Thursdays, but for the next three months are meeting in homes on the first and third Saturdays. Uh, The first one of the month, the men are meeting together. The third is everybody together. I think you guys are still doing a meal, right? Yep, still doing a meal at that, so you're always welcome to that. Now, their material, they're also discussing Scripture. They're reviewing the Sunday messages. Uh, They're also making a point to occasionally break bread together and and take the Lord's Supper together. Um, And then also focused on prayer and prayer for each other. And again, anybody can attend this group. The mass, the center of mass for this group might lean a little bit more towards families whose kids are grown up. But you can show up if your kids are little or if you don't have kids or you're single or whatever. It's a great place and it's a family. A third group is the West Side Fellowship. That's so we had Wednesdays and then Thursdays and now we have Fridays. Friday evening, you get to the end of a long week and you just want to... Go hang out with God's people. I hope that's what I do. That's what we do. So it's Fridays at 7 and in homes and it's been meeting typically at my house. The goal of this group is to develop close spiritual family relationships as a means of supporting each other through life's ups and downs in an environment of care where we just want to care for each other and and, and be close to each other. Now, I'm not the leader. Jeremy, who is leading worship up here, he's the leader. So if you think he's a cool-looking dude, you can come on Fridays and be like hang out with the cool-looking dude. It, again, meets at my house on Fridays at 7, and we are uh, primarily discussing the Sunday message, which you say, well, that's probably seems weird and strange, because you're the one who's giving the message. But it's actually really encouraging to me. I don't share what I learned. Most of the time, I've already forgotten, because I've moved on to the next message that I'm working on by Friday. But I really enjoy hearing what people have to say, what they've learned from it. But uh, it's also a good chance, if you don't make it, or sometimes someone's in Sunday school or whatever, to come and say, oh, I can hear what other people had to say and what they learned in that message. So this group, really anybody can attend. I wouldn't even say there's really a center of mass. It's a fairly diverse group. Um, Of course, we'd love to have you come to that. And then our fourth group meets on Sundays afternoons. This is our Sparks teen group, 1230, right here at the church building. And you go, well, I'm not a teenager, so I probably couldn't come to that. Nope, anybody can come to this. The goal of this group is to equip teens and their families, and anybody else, to have a stronger faith and to be confident in what you believe and how you believe it and walking it out in the world. Rob is the leader of this group, and we're always meeting at this building again Sundays at 1230. Uh, This group, a little bit different, has been studying... Other worldviews, other religions, other faiths. Not as a way of trying to tear others down or win debates or arguments, but as a way of really understanding our own faith better and understanding how we can engage with other people with their worldviews in a loving way that's understanding and help point them to Christ. Um, So again, that's something that really would apply to anybody, not just teenagers. Uh, We do have a meal for that uh, on Sundays, and this group also has game time at the beginning. The other groups don't, so if you like to play games, this is a good place to come to as well. Um, Again, anyone can attend this group. The Center of Mass probably leans towards families that have teenagers, obviously, Um, but anybody can come. Also, this group group just did a cool thing. They just went on a mission trip. I think I mentioned that last week, to Salt Lake City, uh, because they spent uh, the fall learning about Mormonism, and they said, well, let's go try to engage some Mormons on their home turf. So they took it to their turf and just went and had some conversations and had a a very short uh, but really, I think, effective time. And so this morning, because we like to honor that and we like to make sure everybody is connected and knows what's going on, I'm going to have a couple of people come up and share about what they learned and what they experienced on the mission trip. So I think first, Missy, right? You're going to go first. So we're going to use this mic. All right. The floor is yours.
1: Hello. My name is uh, Missy, for those of you that don't know me. Um, I think two key takeaways from both the gospel group and the last uh, mission trip was just Um, how thankful I am to be a part of this group. Um, As Greg mentioned, none of these groups are exclusive. I'm obviously not a teenager, nor am I a parent of a teenager, um, but the next generation is just really heavy on my heart, so I'm just very thankful to be a part of this group and to be able to serve in this area. Um, As far as the mission trip goes, I have never knocked on doors before, and that is something that we did for a couple hours, and it was not only a growth area for me, but super encouraging to watch these teens get out there and um, just be faithful in sharing their faith and it was just incredibly encouraging. Uh, so, that's all I had. I think Rob is up next.
2: Yeah, it was uh, it was a good time. Um, I was hoping it would be a little warmer, um, but it was kind of chilly, but it reminds me of my favorite verse. I think it's from Second Hesitations. It says, many are cold, but few are frozen. And so, uh, so we got to experience that firsthand. But no, it was it was good. Um, um, we knocked on a lot of doors. Uh, I went with uh, Greg's son, Reeve, and uh, um, and we got to talk to some people. It was interesting. Uh, we were focusing on talking to, to Mormons, and we did get to talk. Reeve and I got talked to one, actually, that would talk to us. Um, but we also got to talk to two people that weren't uh, really had any belief system at all. And it was interesting. And, and we we uh, talked to him and, and I was so glad Reeve was with me because we, we'd gotten some uh, flyers from the local church out there, uh, the Rock a sister church of ours. And, um, and we were going to give those to people who might be interested. And so... Um, but Reeve was like, oh, here you go. You might be interested in this. I thought I would never give these people these flyers because, obviously, they have no beliefs. They're not going to be interested in anything. But they were all, oh, great, thanks. Uh, um, I was I was surprised how receptive they were to it. So that just taught me how to be a little more bold and, and, uh, and getting out there and, and just even inviting people to a church is important. And another thing I, I really, so that was really good. And it was good to interact with those. People we got to interact with, overcoming your fears, knocking you on doors. That's it's no matter how many times I've done it for years, but every single time I go out, it's always a bit nervous at the very beginning. So, um, but also um, as actually Missy's aunt and uncle that hosted us out there, they there were eight of us and we all stayed in their house and they fed us breakfast and everything. It was really good. But one thing that always impresses me when you when you meet people. Christians you've never met before so you seem to have that instant connection you know, if you're both believers you have that common bond and and, and, and it was really encouraging just to get to talk to them and, and hang out with them for the, the few hours that we were we didn't get to stay there quite as long as we would wanted to because there was a storm coming in <laughs> so if we were going to leave Sunday morning we ended up leaving late Saturday night and got home early Sunday morning but, um, but it was really good and uh, I'm, I'm really glad we went Oh, Gretchen, Gretchen McIntosh, ladies and gentlemen.
3: Thank you, um, Laurel was going to talk, and she got sick this morning, but and i don 't know what she was going to say, but um, <laughs> I thought I thought uh, one thing I wanted to tell you guys this is really funny. Um, I was planning on going and looking forward to it, and then we 're getting organized in front of the nielsen 's house, and Rob passes out these surveys. OK, these are the surveys you can choose A or B, you know read them through in the car, decide which one you 'd like to use better and I thought. He actually expects us to share with people. (laughs) It was really startling. (laughs) And and, um, so uh, I just thought that might be (laughs) encouraging. It's like, that's never at the front of my mind to just be outgoing like that with my faith. And then I thought, oh my gosh, and I'm supposed to be help lead this thing. <laughs> so But it was very um, encouraging because I don't think any of us are natural evangelists of those of us that went. And uh, the kids were just uh, a pleasure to be with. And, um, and I thought we had really um, Uplifting and warm conversations with at least one person, Thora and I. Actually, two people of the four that we got to talk to. It was fun, and it was it was fun to be a tourist in Salt Lake City. It's beautiful.
0: <laughs> so, thank you. All right, so uh, there you have it. Uh, a very simple but powerful sort of thing in everyone's life. So if you hear that and you go. Well, that sounds kind of cool, I'm going to do something like that, I encourage you to go to your gospel group leader and say, I want to do this. Because sometimes the gospel leader just needs somebody to push them to do it. So anyway, that's our, our overview. Got to hear from some people who are in a group. And uh, again, I'll just kind of go back to um, sort of to tie it all together here as we close. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And part of that is getting together. Seeking his kingdom means seeking fellowship and relationship and doing stuff together like this in faith um, with other believers. And so we want to offer that opportunity to you. If you've got questions about any of these groups or how could I be involved or maybe you feel like your situation is a little bit special or different or that, we'd love to... Chat with you, uh, help you with it. Um, Again, we're just glad you're here with us this morning. I'll go ahead and pray and we'll close our time. Yeah, thank you, God, for your word again. Thank you that it is a light to our path. I thank you for sending Jesus Christ to the earth for the primary purpose of offering us salvation as a free gift. So that we can be reconciled to you. Where all we have to do is receive that free gift and say, yeah, I receive that free gift of salvation. I allow you, Jesus, to die in my place for my sins to satisfy the justice that's due. And God, thank you that you sent Jesus to earth. Not only that, but to communicate to us in profound ways. And Lord, I thank you for this particular verse in Matthew 6. That tells us what we should do. God, I know my life is so consumed and I can become so anxious thinking about all of my things and all of my needs and what am I going to eat and what am I going to drink and what am I going to wear. God, I feel like your word is very clear here that hey Greg, seek first my people. Seek first my standards of morality and I'll take care of all that stuff. God, thank you for offering those words of truth to us. Help us to grab a hold of them and make choices and live according to what you said. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.